Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, if you haven't already, go ahead and grab your sermon notes out of your Connect folder. Go ahead and grab those, get those stuff ready. We have a couple things in there for you. Grab those. We're going to jump on in here in just a minute. I want to give a warm welcome again to everybody who is a regular attender, who's a partner, and even for our guests here this morning. There's already a few of you that I met. It's your first time here. We're really glad that you're here. Um, this is a perfect day and a perfect season to be a guest or to be somebody new at Community of Hope, because what we're going to be talking about today and what we're going to be talking about in this sermon series is really just lifting a hood on what we do and who we are as a church, as Community of Hope. It's a perfect weekend to be a guest. Whoa, hello. It's a perfect weekend to be a guest here and to be here in this season and in this time. So, like I said, we're going to jump on in here. There we go. Is it still thundering? No. Okay, if it thunders, I'll grab a handheld. So um, it's fall. Everybody excited that it's the first weekend in November and fall's officially here? Where's my fall people at? Lots of fall people, right? That's good. Fall, uh, you can already tell it's fall when you walk outside and it's the crisp, cool weather and the changing of the leaves. And, you know, we all busted out our scarves this weekend and our jackets and our mittens and mm, just warm apple cider, love fall. You can't really tell that it's fall in South Florida by the weather, can you? You can only tell it's fall by one other thing in our part of the country, and that's when the pumpkin spice everything hits the grocery store racks. Where's my pumpkin spice latte, people? Where you at? Hashtag PSL, right? Uh, for, I've seen pumpkin spice Cheerios. I've seen pumpkin spice... Uh, obviously drinks. I've seen pumpkin spice spaghetti sauce at the grocery store. Have you seen that? Ooh, you thought that was gross. I found this the other day. Pumpkin spice spam, baby. Ooh, ooh. You know there's something deeply wrong with America when we're making this. I kid you not, I was reading an article, pumpkin spice spam sold out nationwide in seven hours. Did you know that? Pray for America. God, we need you. Lord, help us. No, so gross, right? Gross. Now, but fall is a special time of year. This is actually my sixth fall at Community of Hope. So that's a cool thing. Time flies. Time flies. Um, It's Pastor Dale's uh, at Community of Hope. This is his 23rd fall being the lead and founding pastor of our church, which is very cool. 23 years. 23 years. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about the story of Community of Hope. Now, several falls ago, in that first of the 23 falls, when Pastor Dale decided to plant this church, a little bit before that, he was off at seminary getting a doctoral degree. Our pastor is really smart. (laughs) And he was getting a doctoral degree going to seminary for the second time. And he felt a leading from Jesus and a leading from the Holy Spirit that he was supposed to go start a church somewhere, somehow in Florida. And so he told our denominational, our traditional, our tradition leaders that I feel called to plant a church and I would like the opportunity to. And he prayed, prayed and prayed, said, I I want this. He let them know and they got promptly back to him and said, no. 
But he told him no. But he knew God was saying one thing, even if people were saying another. And so what Pastor Dale did was he got on his face. His best friend's named Joe. I've met him. He's the pastor of a church in Orlando that's reaching people for Jesus. And they prayed every day together when they're off at seminary, asking God to open a door. If you're telling me to go start this church in Florida, I need you to change minds, to change hearts, and to open doors to give me this opportunity to do it. What do you know? In the fall, Pastor Dale got a phone call from one of our denominational tradition leaders and said, Dale, we just want to let you know, we've changed our minds. We are sending you to go plant a church somewhere in Palm Beach County. Where? Somewhere, Palm Beach County, and click. And that's all he knew. He joked about, some of you heard him say this before, he joked that he felt like he was the dog that was running after the milk truck and finally caught it and didn't know what to do after he caught it. In fact, he went from, yes, they get to start a church to, oh, no, I have to start a church. What am I going to do? And it happened to be at that very same day that he got the phone call was that day that he was supposed to get on a plane and fly all the way to Seoul, South Korea to go study the largest church in the world and some of the best pastors in the world were actually Koreans. They are awesome Christians in South Korea. And there's this place in South Korea, after he got in this phone call, it's going to change his life, his family's life forever. Now he's literally on the other side of the world, and he found out there's this place in South Korea called Prayer Mountain. How many of you ever heard of this before? A couple hands. Prayer Mountain is a place where uh, anybody who's a follower of Jesus can go, and you can get kind of a room, kind of an enclave in this space, and you can seek God's face all night long in prayer. And so that's what Pastor Dale did. He says, if there's any better time for me to pray through the night, asking for God's help and for God to speak to me, it's right now. And so in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. on Prayer Mountain in South Korea, he felt God speak to him. Now, if you're new here with us today, don't think Pastor Dale has lost his mind. He doesn't have a red phone to heaven. He's feeling an internal impression from God. Now, we believe God's still speaking, but we're not crazy, Okay. And uh, he felt God speak to his heart. And he said that God spoke this to him over 23 years ago. And God spoke to Pastor Dale and said, if you are faithful to me, through you, I will build a community of hope. And that's where we got the name of our church. God named it. Take that. Yeah. (laughs) And so he left from Seoul, South Korea with the assignment to come plant a church in Palm Beach County. And he always wanted to plant a different kind of a church. He wanted to create a church for unchurched people. A church for people who have never been to church. A church for people who used to go to church and decided to stop going to church. Those are called de-churched. He wanted to make a place for people who have never churched. You're a de-churched. You're over-churched. People have been burnt out and broken on simply just looking religious and doing church rather than experiencing the presence of a living Savior, Jesus. And so he started Community of Hope. In fact, here's the mission statement of our church. We can read it out loud all together, especially our partners. Let's read it. It says this. We exist to interest disinterested people in Jesus. And grow together into fully devoted followers of him. This is who we are. I heard uh, Pastor Dale, he didn't tell me to say any of this. So don't think he put me up to this. I'm just bragging on our leader and bragging on our church. I heard him say this about our church four and a half years ago. And it's been burned in my memory. 
I've actually taken the audio clip that he said of this and I took it and I cut it up and I put it on a CD to give it to different staff members. I have it on my computer and I still listen to it today. And he was casting vision for our church and he talked about how he dreams of a different kind of a church. And this is what he said several years ago. He said, I dream of a different kind of a church. I dream of a church that's not a museum for saints, but it's a hospital for sinners. I dream of a church with strong theology, but that refuses to be confusing about it. I dream of a church that keeps the main thing the main thing and lets all the minors go. Of a church that's open to questions and doesn't shame doubters or skeptics. A dream of a church that understands that becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ usually happens by degrees and not so much like a light switch. He said, I dream of a church that believes in authentic worship expression, but man, it refuses to be weird or churchy about it. A church that builds classes around common human need. A church that takes God very seriously, but ourselves, eh, not so much. And a church whose main characteristic, the main marker of this church, would be love for all people. This is the type of church that we dream of making. And he said this quote here. He said, if I can do this, I will give my very life to it. And if I can't, I will not be a part of it. And I'm looking for people who want to do it with me. Amen. Amen. That's the type of church I want to be a part of. He's looking for people to build it with him. And that's why we're all here. Because we're in on that dream. This is who we are, community of hope. And so in all these years, when Dale started this church 23 years ago, he started it first and they met originally in a funeral home, in Palms West Funeral Home, and they wonder why they didn't grow at all. And then they met in a couple different school cafeterias. And then they met for 14 years in Royal Palm Beach High School Auditorium. Are there any people here who worshiped in the auditorium in the early days? Lots of hands. Can we honor these original COHers? Can we honor them? Lots of hands over here. And then fast forward now, we're one church. And the worship's in two locations, out in Loxahatchee and here in West Palm Beach when the saints of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church said, we want to become part of the vision of Community of Hope and has one voted to become part of it. And now we're not just one church in two locations, we're one church in two locations in two languages with COH Espanol, amen? That's awesome. Community of Hope has been recognized this year. Some of you becoming here, you already know this, but we've been recognized as the single fastest growing church in our entire denomination, in our entire tradition, because we're reaching people who are far from God here in Palm Beach County. It's like God is doing something special here. This is not a perfect church. You are not led by perfect pastors. Hate to break it to you, none of you are perfect either. But that's what makes it special. It's a beautiful mess that God is doing something here, right? Right, yes. No, you don't need, it's okay, right, yeah. God is up to something in our church. Now, why am I talking about all of this? Because this is really important for what we're talking about in this series. The late, great, 
management and leadership expert and author Peter Drucker once said this. He said, all successful organizations must ask, what's my business and how is my business? All successful organizations need to ask these two questions. Because if you don't, you can lose the plot for what made it going right in the first place. That's what we're talking about in this series. So we're starting a new series today that we're calling Scatter. And our theme verse for the series is Luke chapter 10, verse 2. We're going to have it on the screen. It's also on these cards that should be in your Connect folder. Go ahead and grab these out. These are scripture memory cards to help you memorize this passage of scripture. And so my wife puts them on her uh, mirror vanity. Some people keep them in their car. We make background graphics for your smartphone that you can grab off our website. Whatever you do to help memorize this, it helps to hide God's word in your heart. So let's read this out together. Ready? Go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about this today, but the main idea is this is a teaching of Jesus saying that, man, the harvest of the amount of people who need to hear the good news of what God is doing in the world is so great, but there is not enough people to go out and tell them the good news. And so we should pray to the Father that he would make more workers to go out into the harvest to let people know about the message of the kingdom of God. Now, one cool thing that I would encourage you to do, maybe on your smartphones, is our staff has been saying a prayer together where we set our alarms every single day to go off at 10.02 a.m. to resemble Luke 10. Too. And when that alarm goes off at 10.02 a.m. every single day, except Sunday morning, because it's embarrassing if the pastor's phone goes off during the sermon, is that we pause whatever we're doing and we pray, God, send workers into the harvest field. God, send more workers to community of hope. Send us the right people. Send us the right staff. Send us the right volunteers. Send us the right leaders. Send more workers because the harvest is great. The workers are few. Would you join us in that prayer? Something to think about. It's a great spiritual discipline. Okay, now, our passage for today comes from Luke chapter 10, same book, oh, excuse me, Luke chapter 8, same book, just two chapters earlier. Luke chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 4 through 15, and this is Jesus here teaching a parable of what God's kingdom is like and how people respond to the message. So Luke 8, verses 4 through 15, it's on the screen, it's also on your notes. It says this, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Then he said this. He called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God would be given to you. But to others I speak in parables so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. 
The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Let's pray. So Jesus, you said 2,000 years ago in this parable that we now know that whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And Lord, what we know you were talking about wasn't literally who has ears, but who has an open heart and an open mind to hear from you. And so I pray for grace for that. Would you give us not physical ears, but spiritual ears to hear what you're saying to each of our hearts here today by the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your, in your grace and in your mercy, hear our prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. So here's a couple beginning observations I have about this passage. Um, first off, uh, this parable appears in all three of what's called synoptic gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is separate, has separate source material than it. There's a few overlapping stories, but it's really told from a different perspective. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all three of the other ancient biographies of the life of Jesus, and they share much of the same source material. That's why they're called the synoptic Gospels, because they're often in synopsis with each other. Um, There's many symbols in this parable. If you're taking notes, this isn't on the screen, but you might want to write this down. Three types of symbols are going on in this passage. There's seed, soil, and a sower. Seed, soil, and a sower. Seed means the word of God, which clearly means, obviously, the Bible, God's written word. But it also means in a deeper way, the greatest word God has spoken is Jesus, who is the word made flesh. And so when he's talking about the seed, it symbolizes not only the Bible, but it symbolizes the message of Jesus and how he's come to reconcile human beings to God once again. The soil stands for hearts and lives. And we're going to talk about that a lot this morning. And lastly, we're going to talk about the sower, but we're going to come back to the sower at the very end of the passage. So here's what we're going to do first. We're going to talk about seed and soil for a little bit. And at the very end, we're going to have a word about the sower and what that has to say to community of hope as a community, as one, as a body. So let's jump in. Let's talk about seed and soil. Now this passage, when it's talking about different types of soil, it's talking about different types of hearts. You would be remiss if you took this passage as an opportunity to categorize different types of people. Oh, well, you're clearly this, and you're clearly the rocky soil, and you're clearly the path, and you're clearly the one with the thorns, but I am the one with the good soil, of course. This is not a passage to judge others. This is not a passage to be weaponized against other people. This is a passage that Jesus gives as a warning to you and to me to evaluate ourselves and how we respond to the message of Jesus. I had somebody after to me several years ago when we preached this, um, this passage before, and they came up to me in the lobby after church, and they said, is it possible for me to have all four different types of soil in my life right now? I said, yes, you have correctly interpreted this passage. So this is about you, not the person sitting next to you. I don't want to see any elbows or anything like that, okay? Deal? Deal. 
Okay, so the first type of soil, we're just gonna walk through these real quick. The first type of soil, and the first lesson that we can learn from this is the soil on the path. Now, this is important. This is always good stuff to hear. We've talked about this before in our church, but this is good. We need to hear this. Sometimes you need to hear the same thing over and over again because it's important. Let's talk about the, uh, the path, the soil on the path. First lesson is this, that we need to learn to cultivate an open heart. We need to learn to cultivate an open heart. Jesus taught here in Luke 8, verse 5. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled. If you're taking notes, underline or circle that word. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Later on in verse 12, Jesus interprets it and says, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes it away, the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. Interesting. When was the last time you touched an actual seed? When was the last time you touched a seed? A little bit ago? I don't know. Um, I, last seeds I touched were pumpkin seeds making jack-o'-lanterns for my kids. I bought pumpkins from Community of Hope like a good pastor supporting our student ministry. Yeah. And so here's my, the pumpkins that we made for our kids. That is Optimus Prime or an Autobot on the left. Big time dad skills right there. And then I tried to create butterflies for my daughter on the right, but it kind of looks like a mix between Batman and Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> instead of butterflies. So, but I tried, you know, I tried. Well, when we were digging, we were, you know, doing the jack lanterns we're digging out the pumpkin guts. My wife said, ooh, save the pumpkin seeds. I want to roast them later. And so we had a big pile of pumpkin guts and glop, and we pulled the seeds out, put the seeds in a bowl later on for her where she wanted to maybe roast them or snack on them later. Anybody like to snack on seeds? Yeah, right? Question. Will those seeds that sat in the bowl on my kitchen counter, will any of those ever become a pumpkin? No. Why not? Because they're not in soil. They don't, they're never going to make it to the ground. That's what Jesus is saying here in this passage. What he's saying is that sometimes when God is trying to speak to people, when God is trying to give message of hope to people, God's trying to reach out to people, he speaks to them, he sends messengers to them, he does all sorts of things, but because their heart, and this is a biblical theme, is like a hardened path, that their heart is hard, what God is trying to do ricochets off the human heart, and it doesn't make it in at all because of a hard Heart. Now, people's hearts become hard through all sorts of things. People become hard-hearted through maybe a really difficult, painful life. People become hard-hearted through pride. People become hard-hearted through resentment and unforgiveness towards others. Year after year after year has a hardening effect. There's all sorts of reasons why our hearts become hard. And many people go, I wish God would just say something and try to reach out to me. He might be. But because this is solid as a rock, it's just bouncing off. And then somebody gets to come and step on what God was trying to do, but you and I can't receive it because we're too tough in here. And so this is what Jesus is trying to say. It's a warning of we need to learn to cultivate an open heart to soften the hardness of our heart where God might be doing something to you and saying something to you and speaking to your life, but you got a hard heart and you're missing it. It's not his fault. It's our doing it. 
And so what do you do to learn to cultivate an open heart? Well, this is just really easy. Maybe think about doing this. You've heard me do this twice already in the service today, inviting God to say something to you. You want to know how to break up hard-heartedness? Pause. Go, God, I lay down my pride. I don't want to miss anything you're saying to me. Say whatever you want. I'm open. You do that every day, that softens your heart. This first type of soil. Then we have the second type of soil, which is the rocky soil. Soil that has rocks in it. It goes in Luke 8, 6. Jesus said, some fell on the rocky ground. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Underline or circle that word wither. And then in Luke 8, 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Well, because it's, you know, it was pumpkin week in my house. My daughter had a pumpkin seed that she actually had in her preschool. And what they did in her preschool was they took a wet paper towel and they put the pumpkin seed in a Ziploc bag with wet paper towel. You ever done this with a little kid? Type of experiment before? And what do you know, when they gave her her bag this week, they said, look, Tessa, your seed, it sprouted. And her little pumpkin seed had roots coming out. It had a little green sprout coming out of it inside of the plastic bag. Very cool for preschooler, right? Question, is that seed ever going to become a pumpkin? No, probably not because, one, she lost it. And... <laughs> and so if there's a pumpkin under her bed in a year, I'll know what happened, right? But why? Again, because, okay, so it had a little bit of enough of life to sprout. It shows signs of life. But because its roots will never have an opportunity to go deep into soil, to pull nutrients, to pull moisture, what new life is growing won't be sustained. It's eventually going to wither. And it's the same with spiritual growth in your life and in my life. Sometimes God plants a seed in your heart. He's speaking to your life and trying to get your attention. And your heart's soft enough to where it can make its way in there and life sprouts up. But because we don't, have an, we don't give it opportunity to go actually deeper, it's not gonna last. That's why some of you are up and down, hot and cold all the time in your spiritual lives. Because you're not giving it a chance to go deeper. You want to know how to let roots grow deeper for what God's doing in your life? It's as simple as this. Allocating time to listen. Allocating time to listen. The best way to do that, I know, is to get with this book and to get alone with God. With this book and with prayer. And allocate time to listen to what he's saying to you through this book and to your heart. And there's, a, and there's an effect of the Holy Spirit where this just goes deeper and deeper in our hearts. If you don't know how to do that, you should sign up for our partnership class. We'll teach you how to do that. It's kind of like Christianity 101. So we have, then we have the third type of soil, which we say the lesson from that is that we need to learn to eliminate distractions. Jesus says here in Luke 8, 7, the other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Circle or underline that word, choked. And then Luke 8, 14, the seed that fell among the, among, fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. 
as I was getting ready to put out my kids' pumpkins this week, I'm just pumpkin everything this week. I'm so sorry. The place where I was getting ready to put them outside on our front porch where people would walk up to our front door to trick or treat and do all that stuff, um, I had realized that, oh my gosh, I have weeds everywhere right now. It had been a particularly busy plant that I haven't gotten to do a whole lot of yard work. And there were some weeds that were as tall as some of the other plants I intentionally have in my garden. And I looked at it like, that happened fast? That's annoying. And I had to pull some weeds they were beginning to take life, take attention, and take beauty away from the good things I was trying to grow there. And the same is true spiritually for you and for me. Weeds happen fast. They happen just like that. And the good thing that God's trying to grow in your heart, maybe you've allowed it to grow a little bit deeper. Maybe you have a heart soft enough to hear from God and to, and to have him speak a word into your life or to hear, understand what he's doing in your life. But when life's worries when money stuff comes up, business opportunities and even things like pleasure come up, it takes time, it takes attention, it takes energy away sometimes. Are those things inherently evil in and of themselves? No. But when they pull away attention and life from God's doing in our hearts, it can quench what God's trying to do because they're like weeds. In your life and in your heart, you either have something that's growing from a seed that God has grown or a weed is trying to choke out God is doing. So what's the solution for that? Me and you need to do a little bit of weeding, (laughs) not only in our garden, but in our hearts and our lives, where there's some things, you know what, that are, are taking away from my attention that I just need to remove from my life. And I need to remove a couple of distractions to focus on what's most important. And so then there's the fourth soil, which is just the good soil that is cooperating with everything that God says. And it says in Luke 8, this is what we all aspire to be. Still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. In Luke eight fifteen, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Wow, this is the soil that understands what God is saying, that has a productive enough heart to be able to receive what he's saying, to let it grow deeper, that protects it, and that's productive, and it's producing more and more lives around it that know the love and grace of Jesus. Wow, this is what we should all aspire to be, and this is something that we should all pray to be. God, make my heart good soil in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a great prayer to pray every single day. Now, this is all helpful and good. Oh, okay. How to examine your heart. What type of heart are you? Great. We talked about seed, soil, but here's the thing. This is an introductory message, all for right now, with the sower. Luke 8, 5 says this. Says this. There it is. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed. Do you notice the title of our sermon series? As he was scattering the seed, anybody who's involved with agriculture or farming before, they will read this parable and instantly have high blood pressure. They will think, what is that farmer doing? doing? What is the sower doing? Has he lost his mind? I reached out to a man who just retired from 40 plus years in the agricultural industry. And I said, hey, 
in light of this passage, tell me how people farm nowadays. And he said, well, you know what they do is they create um, rows that are half a mile long and usually 40 acres in a block. And what they do with a machine is very deliberately plant a seed seven to nine inches apart from each other, all the way down half a mile long, all the way for 40 acres. Farming today is deliberate, meticulous, detail-oriented, risk-adverse. It's deeply intentional. Every seed, they're not wasting a single seed. And then Jesus is talking about a farmer who's just flinging the stuff everywhere. It's madness. But Jesus is trying to prove a point. What type of farmer is God when he's trying to reach people? We believe in our church, God's not the God who go up and, let's see, what type of soil is your heart? Eh, I'm not going to give you a seed. But you maybe, you, 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 no. You maybe, you here. That's not how God does this. God is extravagant with the message of Jesus and he scatters it everywhere in the hopes that anybody, anywhere, every single human heart will eventually say yes to becoming a follower of Jesus. What does scatter mean in this passage? It means this. It literally means to sow liberally. Now, not liberal in the sense of a political term. Please do not hear that. I do not need those emails after this. What it means is to sow freely, to sow extravagantly, to spread it liberally means this. We are supposed to extravagantly spread the message of Jesus. Do you know that Palm Beach County is the number one most unchurched county in America? There are more unchurched cities in America, but as far as the county goes, we're number one. And we're beginning to feel like as a church, that God is calling us as community of hope to time to sow some seed with Jesus and to scatter some seed in some fresh ways to reach people for Jesus. We want to have a conversation with our church about maybe starting house churches as a new way of planting churches to reach people for Jesus. We want to start a conversation with all of you about a community garden to feed the local poor in Palm Beach County. We want to start a conversation about starting fresh expressions of church where somebody might not ever come into these doors, so maybe we need to take church to them. We want to start a conversation with you about special needs community and creating an exceptional entrepreneurial community. We want to have a conversation about 24-7 prayer in our church because we believe we're not going to reach people unless it's birthed in prayer first. We want to have a conversation about these things. And we're looking, amen. We're looking for people to scatter seed with us. And it's going to take more than the pastors of the church. And it's going to take more than the staff of the church. It's going to take all of us. We're looking for people to scatter with us. And if that's you, we want to invite you to November 19th. We're having a town hall meeting at the West Campus where we're going to talk about how to scatter some seed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you meet us there. So, Father, we ask in your presence now in the name of Jesus that you would not only give us grace to have hearts that are like soft soil that can hear even your whisper, hearts that would 
reproduce lives as we follow you. Others around us will become followers of you too. We want to be those types of people. But Lord, more so, would you cause a passion to rise up in us for what you've done for us and for your love for us that would flow out of our hearts, out of our lives to others. Because we love you, make us those who scatter seed in your name. Make us those who are passionate to reach those who are far from you, whom you love and who you died for. Lord Jesus, would you receive the reward of your suffering, hearts and lives of your sons and your daughters. Come and do it. In your name we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said.